Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action. Our podcast is dedicated to parents of children struggling with the effects of trauma and attachment disorders and the caseworkers, coordinators, and other professionals who support them. Your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter, will introduce you to Phyllis Booth, who will discuss the origins and early history of TheraPlay. Phyllis Booth is a licensed marriage and family therapist, a licensed clinical professional counselor, and a registered play therapist and supervisor. Along with developmental psychologist Ann Jernberg, Booth helped establish the theoretical underpinnings of the TheraPlay approach to child and family therapy. Later, she developed the training program for TheraPlay and designed the certification practicum for therapists who employed the method. She has trained therapists in the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, Finland, and South Korea, and is the author of TheraPlay, helping parents and children build better relationships through attachment-based play, now in its third edition. And now your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter. Hello, uh, I'm here this morning with Phyllis Booth, who, along with Ann Jernberg, developed the TheraPlay model. So good morning, Phyllis. Good morning. Nice to see you. Yes. I'm so uh, happy to be able to talk to you, first of all, to thank you for your contribution to the Attachment Theory in Action book. Um, as you know, TheraPlay is very important to me. So I, I loved being able to have a chapter by you and others. Um, so thank you for that. Very happy to do it. it. It looks like it's going to be a very, very good book. That's really nice. Yeah. Good, thank you. So I thought I would like to speak with you a little bit uh, this morning about the beginning of TheraPlay, how this wonderful model got started and it's it spread so so much now all over the world um, and I think people may not know some of the early history and how all of this got going so please share a little bit of that with me well, well it actually goes a long way back um, to uh, my first meeting with Ann Jernberg uh, which was in 1940 no 4950 yes um, she was my assistant teacher at the, the University of Chicago Nursery School. Um, so um, we started out as people who took care of children in, in groups. Um, and then she and I went separate ways. She got her PhD, stayed in Chicago. I went away and um, taught nursery school. When I came back in the 1960s, um, she was uh, the head of the program for the head for of the psychological services head start for head start in chicago um it was begun in 1965 and but, but by 1967 um she had been appointed head of this program so our mandate was to go into the classrooms and identify children who needed help so Anne got in touch naturally with any, everybody she knew who had any connection with uh, children and so called me. And I was happy to be part of that team. Um, in the first summer, uh, we identified many children, 200, 300, something like that, who could use help. 
but there was no funding, no placement, uh, no place that we could find help for them. Um, one one um, child center would, was willing to take a boy, but there'd be a six month wait. Obviously, this was not going to be useful to anybody. So Anne came up with this wonderful, um, courageous, creative idea that we would get young people um, trained. They wouldn't need to be PhD child therapists, but um, lively young people who could go into the classrooms and play with the children. Um, she used as the model the kind of play that parents do with their own children. And, and that really became the basis of, of TheraPlay, looking at what parents do. She used to do, um, when we began training people, she would say, okay, what do you, what do you think of when parents, uh, when you think about parents and their babies? And of course, we would come up with all kinds of things that would be nurturing, challenging, structuring, um, um, engaging, and um, that was our model. Now, just as the um, as we began putting this into place, I spent a year at the Tavistock Center in London. Um, when, and so I had weekly lectures from John Bowlby about his attachment theory. Um, we saw films that the Robertsons made documenting the devastating effects of separation on children. Um, they actually, the Robertsons had made a movie, um, a film in 1953, which I saw much earlier. Uh, a two-year-old goes to hospital, um, showing once again how um, not being connected to your parents uh, can just undermine your self-confidence. Um, so. Um, the other thing that I did that year in London was attend case conferences with Donald Winnicott and um, hear, heard him lecture. So when I came back, um, that first, the, the, the first film had been made about Pat and showing how effective this playful approach had been. Um, and so I began to think, now let's see, how do we explain this? But let me back up just a little bit. What we were saying to the young people, go into these children, take them out individually, face to face. We didn't give them um, uh, creative materials. We just simply say, be yourself, the most interesting um, plaything in the room uh, and really engaging the children. And it, it really, it took, we averaged about 15 sessions per child and um, very withdrawn, unhappy children became more outgoing. Um, very angry, acting out children calmed down and uh, became very pleasant kids in the classroom. We were able to do a follow-up film three years later, uh, which was really unusual at that point, showing how well um, two of the children were doing much later in their own settings, which was very encouraging. So I came back from this introduction to attachment theory, and I said, to, and, and my introduction to Winnicott, I said to Anne, we're providing Winnicott's holding environment. By that I meant we are providing a kind of nurturing, supportive, um, interactive 
caring relationship with these children, uh, which can make a difference. The other concept that seemed to be really important from Bowlby was that we had changed their internal working model. Um, these children, if we think about the withdrawn sad children or the angry acting out ones, they did not have a view of themselves as um, lovable, mm -hmm. as being able to be calm. They did not expect good things. They expected to be told no or be frightened by being with the group. Um, and just the experience of having somebody with a smiling face, looking at you, appreciating you, responding positively to whatever they gave to you, whether it was a slap or not, to, uh, we would handle that, but keep it uh, very positive, had changed their view of themselves. So that if you look at, if, if we look at the follow-up pictures of these children that we did in the films, uh, you can, it's clear that they feel much more confident about themselves, um, much more certain that others will respond well to them. Now that's how we began. And in the 50 years since we started all that, we've had a huge amount of research based on attachment theory, and now currently on neurobiological, you know, the capacity to look into the brain and see what is happening. So we can say in much more detail what it is that was effective, but it was all basically coming out of this idea that um, the face-to-face -face interactive play um, in which the adult pays attention but guides the interaction is what would make a huge difference for children. Mm -hmm. yeah, so we, are now, we now have people who use TheraPlay in 58 countries around the world. So wow. it's really impressive, yeah. Yes, it is. You know, I have often thought of you as the person who went off and gathered the theory and all of that to help explain why it was working with your time in London. But then that makes me wonder, you know, prior to that, do you know why Anne was so convinced that this was something that would work? Um, I think the two things. She was working with... Um, at, uh, at Michael Reese Hospital here in Chicago, um, and um, Austin Deloria was there, and he had done some very innovative work with um, young adolescents and adults, um, and his, he had this very strong notion that we needed to be in the here and now, that, so that um, people with mental illness often were quite out of touch with their bodies. And so he has examples of very playful things that he did. Uh, and so that was one of her models. The other one was Viola Brody, who also was there um, and was doing, um, she was working, they had an inpatient um, service. Um, and so she would be picking up the children, singing to them, all the kinds of things that were not ordinarily um, thought of as child psychotherapy. You know, the child psychotherapy model had been sort of come out of um, psychoanalytic models where it's, it's no hands-on, hands-off, um, and um, using play materials for the children to express their 
um, fantasies as con since we didn't expect them to do verbal free association. But Vi Vi Brody was sort of breaking that mold by picking children up and singing to them. And then uh, I think another person who was really important was Ernestine Thomas. She was actually, I think, hired as, uh, her role was secretary in this um, uh, residential, what do they call it, a kind of residential unit for children. And um, Anne tells the story of being in a, um, a conference, you know, sort of planning conference of the staff, and somebody said, that child doesn't talk. And uh, Vi Brody says, he talks to Ernestine. Um, so um, Ernestine had this um, child whisperer uh, capacity. Uh, she was wonderful. And so she was the one that Anne hired as the first mental health worker. Um, so, so there were these ideas in, in, in the air, but not in the main psychoanalytic um, or child therapy model, um, but which she took hold of and, and went forward with. Mm -hmm. Did you experience pushback or controversy from others since you were kind of going against some of the current thinking? Oh, yes, we did. Um, the, um, the, the trained social workers uh, uh, who were um, assigned to uh, the, the Head Start program were very resistant. You know, this fly-by-night, um, playful, unorganized, well, you know, we weren't all that unorganized, but, but it didn't feel like the conventional approach. Um, and so there was a lot of skepticism. That's really why we made the films, uh, to show people. Um, I, I can't tell you how many places I went showing the films and talking to people. Um, and oh, after a while, we, we had three or four very important um, social workers on our side saying they could see that this was making a difference. And the teachers began to see a, a big difference so that the um, response softened. I remember Anne um, doing a presentation to the Chicago uh, Psychoanalytic Institute um, I did not attend it, but it was very, very a lot, a lot of resistance to it. Anne was very clearly steeped in psychoanalytic um, theory, uh, particularly Kohut. And of course, Kohut also emphasizes the importance of the actual parent-child relationship. So he's moving some of the thinking in the direction that of course fits with Winnicott and Bowlby's ideas of the importance of the parent-child relationship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a little hard to think that there was a time when people were very resistant that that actual relationship mattered. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you uh, know, when I first uh, started teaching at the University of Chicago Nursery School, I think all of the teachers were in their own psychoanalysis. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so it was just definitely in the air. Um, and it was a kind of hands-on, a hands-off, um, you know, let the children express themselves. Um, you know, at, th at that same time, um, 
Rogers was on campus teaching, and so there was that still kind of hands off, um, but um, a much more you know I think his emphasis on the the healthy impulse, the uh, self actualizing principle, and the importance of um, sort of freeing the child from the, the barricades that, that, that stop them from making progress. That, that was important to me. A, a funny little detail, some of the children who are photographed in Virginia Axline's first book were children in my nursery school. They were healthy children in my nursery school. They did not photograph children who had actually been um, in in therapy just for confidentiality reasons but uh -huh. so all those things were in the air at the time so yes and so Carl Rogers was at the University of Chicago campus yes oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so he was there in 1946 when I got there so I took several courses from him um, and he was Everybody, all the graduate students were just very much taken with his theory, um, and he could lead a discussion with a classroom of 125 people that was just kind of amazing. He was quite an impressive character. Wow, that's yeah. great, that's neat. So, although you were recognizing from the very beginning this importance of the parent-child interaction and how children and their parents were playing together, um, you didn't have parents in those early cases, right? That That is right. There, there's, um, it was hard to get the parents. We, we didn't even try very hard, though I have to say there's, I'm very much aware of an exception to that, which is um, the little boy in, in one of our films, the acting out little boy, there he goes, Raymond. Mm -hmm. uh, his mother, um, they did work with her, um, but actually sort of doing theraplay with her, not trying to have the two of them together. Mm -hmm. it's, it's only over the years that, you know, once we began to, um, once people heard about theraplay as a positive thing, they began to, uh, families began to come. And we, at that point, definitely included the parents. Mm -hmm. But in the Head Start program itself, um, you know, it would have been very powerful to have had the parents too, but I think we were feeling our way there. I did a lot of uh, interviewing with parents whose children were being seen, um, and uh, so we talked with them, but we didn't have the sessions the way we now do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that kind of grew as we went, became a, a, a more uh, specialized uh, private, uh, you know, we, we began our private clinic that... Uh, mm -hmm where we definitely had the children and their parents together. Yes, well, I still tell people if I'm, I'm supervising them or if it comes up in a workshop um, and they're worried about lack of parent involvement or they're in a setting where they can't involve parents for some reason, you know, residential treatment facility, I always say, but remember, <laughs> in the very beginning, the children in the Head Starts had dramatic improvements without parent involvement. That's um, right. so, yeah. so I think, of course, we all know that that is the ideal, but I think yeah. the, the model can, can be powerful even receiving those kind of experiences from the therapist. Yes. Um, I think, uh, you know, um, Pat, you know, the, the child who was so withdrawn, uh, um, when we interviewed her, uh, um, her parents, 
afterwards, um, her father said, she used to be my least favorite child. Now she's my most favorite. And I take that to mean that what, what Ernestine did in working with her was help Pat feel better about herself, more comfortable engaging with other people. And um, then she could evoke from her father a lot more interest. Um, I know people worry about, oh, are we forming an attachment relationship that has to be broken because you're just the therapist? But, um, and of course we would prefer to have the parent be the one that we can turn it over to, but clearly having some, the experience of somebody attending to you, valuing you, makes you able to convey that to other people. So it's very powerful. Yeah, yeah, such such an important point you're making. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, this may be hard to answer, but did you ever imagine in those early days that TheraPlay would eventually explode like this and be in all these countries? <laughs> no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's you know it's it's been very interesting right from the beginning. Um, courageous, interested people have either come to Chicago or heard Anne lecture and invited us. Um, so I, Evangeline Munns was probably the first one who heard Anne give a talk. Um, and um, Evangeline in Canada invited Anne and me to come up and do some training. Um, I gave a talk at a, an, a, a, the attached conference, that is the conference of parents of children who were adopted or in foster care. Uh, someone from London heard me, invited me to come to London. Um, somebody wrote an article about what was happening, a new kind of therapy in the, in the ghetto in Chicago. Somebody from Sweden wrote, came and wrote that. Then somebody, somebody from Finland, uh, Yuka Makala, a, a child psychiatrist, heard about that, came to say, what is this that's going on? And then invited us, and, uh, I guess Sandra and I were the first ones who came, uh, went in eight, eight, 1998, I think it was, to Finland. Yeah, so it's a history of um, cure, you know, enterprising, courageous, uh, curious people who check it out and then say, hmm, I think maybe it's something I could take home, so. Mm -hmm. Yes, it, there's something so powerful that resonates with people, I think. I, when I went to my um, first level workshop and I came back and told our CEO at the time, Gene Simon at Chaddock, and I asked him to come to a little presentation I was doing, which was really sort of, bold of me <laughs> but, and he said at the end I want you trained in the highest level my you know I know this is something we need I know it's something that's missing my um, wife is an early childhood educator this makes so much sense you know and so I think you know there's certain people that almost immediately they can feel there's something very important and very special here and I must know more about it. Yeah. Well, that, that's a wonderful example of you are one of those courageous, um, enterprising people who went back. I remember you made a video of you with your daughter um, and um, you know, you go back with enthusiasm, you meet somebody who says, yes, 
and and it sparks your wonderful program at um, Jeddak. Yes. yes, thank you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me. I love hearing all of your experiences from the early days in Sarah Play and how it all came about, and it's so exciting and um, I'm so pleased that that you gave me your time today and, and I'm so pleased for for where TheraPlay is right now having spread so widely. Yes well thank you for having me do this and I'm delighted to have to be part of your book. I, I can hardly wait to, until it all comes out. All right thank you so much. Goodbye Phyllis. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Attachment Theory in Action. Please follow our site, TraumaAttachmentCenter.com, or subscribe to our iTunes channel for future podcasts. If you enjoyed our broadcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. For additional resources, training opportunities, and blogs, log on to TraumaAttachmentCenter.com. We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption, developmental trauma, and attachment theory.